What's the big idea? Okay. What's happening? And we're here. Uh, we are live on the air. Uh, and today's episode is about the uh, plight of the of tall player. I was hoping Eric could fill in with the mm. rest. Oh, I should. Okay. Let's nice. do it again. Okay. Today's episode is about the plight of the tall player. Right. Wow, that was really good. Yeah. Wow. Great idea, Meech. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, so Works. we did a show a while back about the short player, the play of the short player. So if you haven't listened to that, check that one out. That's about uh, all the issues about short players getting overlooked in the game and some of the problems that that's causing. And today... Uh, we are obviously wanting to talk about the tall players because they're getting screwed in a whole different way that sometimes short players or parents or coaches might not be noticing. Mm -hmm. So, uh, all will be revealed. Yes. All will be revealed. So, Mm -hmm. uh, who wants to kick things off today? You do. I do. Yes. I checked. Okay, yes, I do. <laughs> okay, so uh, I think the obvious thing is that... So first thing I want to talk about before we get into the specifics of coaching is I think that um, I think there's a mindset difference between tall players and short players, stereotypically speaking. So whenever you're talking psychological terms, there's a bit of stereotyping. But we talk, this came up, I think, in our short player show where um, Probably. The, the idea that... Uh, Short players, or not short, but average height players, mm-hmm. or short players are average height people in society. Yeah. And they, I think, are better adjusted psychologically uh, in terms of confidence. Because I think kids that grow fast or kids that grow early, um, they have that confidence issue. So a lot of tall players are gangly. They haven't grown into their bodies yet. And so they don't move that well, again, generally speaking. Generally. Uh, Not and, in all cases. No. Right? And we're talking at, at, also, we should point out at, you know, puberty age, right? Like, so, Where, you're, right. yeah, not it's like, yeah, people time. grow into their height, of course. But if you do, if you are one of those early growers. You kind of believe in the game. Or, yeah. And yeah. you, you definitely uh, can have confidence issues. Mm-hmm. And I think that that uh, manifests, uh, I think, is a big part of this problem, too. Well, um, it's why I think a lot of tall players don't stand up for themselves when things happen in volleyball coaching wise decision making wise uh that affect tall players that we're going to talk about in the show so there's a definite because i notice myself as like an average height person in society but as a short volleyball player i tend to have way more confidence than my tall playing friends mm-hmm. on the court and it's not like a napoleon issue where i'm like i'm gonna you know <laughs> i want to fight everybody <laughs> it's yeah. uh it's a genuinely i think that i was more coordinated at an early age and more accepted and not, I didn't have the coach asking me, oh, you play basketball? I didn't have people making jokes about my height. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, in those formative years, think about it, if you're in those formative years mm-hmm. and you are gangly or not confident or have a lot of, uh, you know, just a lot of things that don't go well for you, like physically, like mm-hmm. in terms of movement, I think that would just be such a shot to confidence. I think a lot of people don't understand that unless they are a tall player who are a tall person who got, who grew, you know, the tall kid in the class photo, like we all have that kid in class. Right. Um, So I just want to preface that whole thing. I think there's a psychological thing where I think it's easier for, for these problems to happen to tall people because they are um, not often confident enough to speak up. Right. What happens. Good. Because of what happened in their formative years when they were, um, just making their way and, and being a presence uh, on their own. So Yeah, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes sense, right? Right. It's easier, and I think it's it's easier for coaches to do some of the things and for the game even to put in some of the rules that have happened and tall players accept it. I think mm-hmm. I think uh, there's more pushback. Well, I mean, short players, like I said, we have a separate show for that, and there's pushback happening, I think, among short players. So they tend to be vocal or pissed off about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I saw it too just as a coach. I think coaches tend to have an easier time um, – telling tall players what to do i think you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and they probably like uh with your lack of confidence they just go along with believing it right because they're like oh you're tall you can you'll do this role we're always kind of leaning towards the middle right like, yeah. yeah or you can't yeah. do these other things yeah yeah <laughs> or you yeah that's right yeah that's that's yeah. one thing like I, I i heard a coach once in a practice <laughs> say to a group of kids and these are 14 year old girls and the coach said so what are tall people what 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 problems do tall people have and she said this to the whole team including a bunch of tall kids mm-hmm. remember they can't move and they can't pass and she started laughing oh, <laughs> like true story and and the how did the perceived the tall people uh react to that well i mean I they yeah they, like they, on they the, accepted on the, it in a way yeah right? on the like, surface why not mm-hmm. Yeah, on the surface, they looked like they were... Laughed and go along with it. And, yeah. Well, not even laughed. It was just like, you know, they're just quietly nodding. But, you know, okay. some players spoke about it later. And it was obvious that that wasn't okay with some of the players that knew more about the game. And, mm-hmm. you know, just how could they say that to a group of people? Yeah. But, but that's the belief, well, I, right? Yeah, that yeah, is yeah, the you're... stereotype in volleyball. Mm-hmm. That tall players can't pass. Tall players can't move. At age 14. At, yeah. A young age all the way up. And then, so the problem for the tall player oh, is yeah. that um, they get labeled that way. And then, like we said, too, like we did a post about this, too. Like, how can a player get better at any skill if they are not allowed to do it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we say to tall players, oh, yeah, you can't pass. So you will never let you pass. For me. Yeah. I mean, most most governing bodies do limit uh, specialized positions until like 16. Okay. But. Not everywhere. Meaning libero. Yeah, meaning libero, and even designating positions like you can't have uh, like every, like you know a fixed middle, a fixed left side, fixed right side until like you know after about fifteen, mm-hmm. um, uh, which is cool. And a lot of coaches hate that though. They're like pissed off because they think that no, no, I want to sw- start doing systems, but they don't understand that then you're denying seeing who's got what. Like yeah. you might tell a kid they can't set at age fourteen. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that means that that player. You know, what if they start to develop better hands or what if a player starts hitting well outside or middle or, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you just, you don't know when, like, they can go from any one of those positions to any other one between the ages of 13 to 20. Yeah. Tw- tw- and beyond, like 22 or something. Like, yeah. Probably. Yeah. I'm yeah. Sure I think they're... I think the biggest shift that happens late in life is the um, the middle to outside hitter. Yeah. Right. Which yeah. is probably, it's hard to get hands later. Right. You can tell yeah, by yeah. I mean, 15, 16, you start to see this kid's got hands and this kid doesn't have hands. Yeah, I yeah. still think you can probably get better doing things like beach, mm-hmm. but for those pure hands and, but, but outside hitters, middle hitters, um, or sorry. Yeah. Outside and middles, they can, they can switch and they generally do. And I think that's a huge problem here. Right. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure when you guys have that on your list. Um, well, I'm wondering what is what is uh, when we were talking about solutions. What would you recommend for a coach to do to get all positions explored? Yeah, um, Eric, do you have any thoughts on that? He started getting into the fixing the problem before we fully got into the problem. But 
Yeah, that's right. what I was going to say, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we can tackle it later. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, well, no, you're right, but I think, yeah, there's there's probably a little... You're sort of, I mean, we have touched on it, but maybe we should articulate the problem more. Eric, you want to talk about that problem that Meet's just talking about solving? If if I could um, maybe say it again in a different way. Sure. Um, how do you prevent players from being pigeonholed? Because, and yeah, because... You have to specialize at some point, mm-hmm. right? And so you have to. That's just part of the game. So then how like, how can you do that in a, in, a, in a balanced way? Or what's the right tempo of it? Like at what age do you start? And then I was thinking of a few things. Like when you start to get into like middle blocker, you know, attacking drills and then left side stuff. When you're pra- just running hitting lines or something. Mm-hmm. Um, assume Again, assuming those who are... Or who are practicing as middles that practice have already experienced in their previous year or something they've experienced uh, attacking the ball as a left side because when you start attacking the ball like when you're 10 12 whatever mm-hmm. you're just doing you're just learning how to like do an approach and meet the ball and swing through the ball you're not worried about you know specific middle attacking where the approach is different the arm swing is different so in those practices when you do get into the role specific uh, drills just hopefully there's time to allow your middles to hit left side balls and vice versa right because mm-hmm. i mean we used to do it in warm-up all the time even like before a game i don't know if it's a, an effective warm-up it mostly just gets guys pumped up you just bounce meter balls right mm-hmm. you know the coach just stands there everyone just goes one after the other yep. Yep. it's super fun and like middles are usually pretty good at it. obviously outside players they everyone can get good at it right but it's mm-hmm. a vertical approach and it's a big snap it's tough to do that big long swing because you might hit the net right so mm-hmm. um just hopefully there's allowance for some fluidity like you know obviously the, the middle should be getting maybe the majority of their attacks out of there and then mm-hmm. you know allow them to hit wherever else as well but yeah so i think i don't know what the right prescription is right it's just um well that's well, that's one thing you said like yeah. having drills or times in practice where yeah. players can swing outside and even swing in the middle and swing right side like a, yeah i love seeing a hitting lines where players just fill in lines right it's, it's mm-hmm. and it's so good because i mean especially yeah like it's hard it's hard to hit a ball on the left side uh, you know if we're comparing uh the left side and the right side attack to a meter ball in the middle the meter ball in the middle is easy because it's not going very far horizontally so you all you have to really worry about is the vertical right and then so it kind of it uh, you know makes it a bit simpler and then you move to the left side now you're working on something where the ball is moving a lot more and then mm-hmm. more challenge is the right side because if you're right-handed it's coming across your shoulder you don't see the ball as well and then you know and then same with backward attacking like middles are taken out uh, by liberos they never get to hit a pipe a sea ball or whatever right so like it's kind of crazy when you think about it that's a big one actually i never (laughs) even i wasn't even thinking about (laughs) that is uh middles are not too uh not too good at playing uh like yeah back row attack yeah they used to be yeah they used to be before libero before libero it was (laughs) nice to set the backcourt middle right yeah um, and they were always coming up pipe. Well, and like like anything, I have a bunch of buddies who played middle, but like they've they've played so much volleyball that they've been they've got the opportunity to practice the backward attack and became good at. It. And so, like anything, reps reps fixes a lot or gives the opportunity to to develop that. So sure, yeah, just yeah, give them reps, right? And that goes this goes yeah, it goes with attacking. This goes with passing, digging, mm-hmm. and like that thing. How they were told uh, they're bad passers or whatever like oh man that would be that'd be so bad to hear because one of the good things about 
I can remember in, in club was, um, was like digging the ball and just that drive you get, because I think as a player, I remember our, our coach used to just pound the ball at us and like, he was pretty accurate and some of them would go like right in front of your toes. Right. And the expectation was you got to dig that. Right. But you're also ready for anything that comes high. So you're forced to figure out ways to uh, adjust your ready position so that you can actually get the ball at your toes. And then once you get that ball, then you can get the ball six inches in front of your toes, right? And then and then a foot and then and then whatever. But then you're also still ready to get the ball that's mishit, comes up high or whatever, right? And so it just and it was just reps. Mm -hmm. Each time you're more driven if you have a coach that is, you know, motivating and they they get you into that state of mind where you're hungry to get the ball because the attitude is ball never touches the court right yeah and if they're if 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 they're already playing middle and then now the libero is taking most of these reps away mm-hmm. um yeah you're you're losing that and th- those are really and that, that's such a good time i think I, what do you guys think with this like is it is it's probably an advantage to learn a sport when you're in those teenage years even though you're all hormonal and crazy and stuff like <laughs> it's probably better to get into a sport at that age than it is like say we were to just pick up volleyball and in our 30s mm-hmm. yeah. would we hit the same peak that we hit had we have not played it at uh in our younger years right that's right Meech thoughts yeah um definitely like the younger the better i mean yeah. look at um any, i don't think any athletes that, disagree with that yeah i mean the the younger the better the, the the better chances that um the sport has a chance to develop you and it makes uh sense that if you can you know get kids you know whether it be volleyball or not it's supposed to be volleyball in any case, but um, <laughs> if it's not, you know, if, if your kid has a hankering, you know, for maybe tennis or maybe, you know, hockey or whatever it is, it's always better to get them in early and find out um, what their preferences are and, and where they lean towards. So I know yeah, that I'm team. starting uh, professional wrestling tomorrow and oh, I yeah? expect to be <laughs> world champion in the next uh, two to three years. So by telling your um <laughs> yeah well the fat right. thing right remember i'm trying to get as fat as humanly possible so. oh yeah yeah that's a sport too, yeah isn't it i'm sorry per, when i say professional mm-hmm. wrestling i mean like for entertainment purposes only right oh like, like fully scripted fully scripted wrestling oh fully scripted yeah so, yeah absolutely yeah. how, how absolutely. are you gonna get up on the ropes and do mm-hmm. a belly flop well i don't need i don't need to get i don't need to be a high flyer i can uh. just be the guy that runs off the ropes and jumps um Flat. Anyway, I don't think my fat plan is going to work anymore. We should tell the viewers that I tore my Achilles tendon. So, <gasps> yeah, true story. So I'm doing the show uh, with one Achilles tendon. How, how are tied you? behind my back? How are you feeling? <laughs> tied behind my ankle. <laughs> that's the that's what the doctor did. Uh, it's good. It's good. It's uh, but I think that my plan to become fat and keep playing volleyball is a bad one. Because yeah. it, happen, it happened during volleyball, right? Pushing off. You were both there. <laughs> <laughs> they saw it. Oh, yeah. They that saw time, it. right. They saw it. I thought you just went running to the washroom. Didn't you just no, your pants? No, I was grabbing with the back, but it was my, <laughs> the back of my ankle. And uh, But I didn't cry. I think it was pretty impressive. It's right. true. You didn't cry, yeah. People were impressed. You didn't, you didn't swear? You just kind of looked. No, nope. I was just, like, just uh, like, oh, well. So for those of you who have never torn an Achilles tendon, I will tell you that so the minute I knew that I, I heard the, the I heard the pom- I, I thought I was convinced someone had come from another court or a ball had hit me in the back of the leg. And the minute I had that thought, like split second, I knew that it was my Achilles tendon because I've seen enough players do it, never done it myself. Mm-hmm. So I thought um, that that was 
you know, I got hit in the back of the leg. And then, and then like, but I was like, no, crap. And damn. then, and then I knew, and then someone said to me, oh, oh. I take it this has happened, uh, before and i was like nope nope no i just knew about it and saw enough players do it and and then he thought that i was used to it because again my extremely high pain threshold the 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 strength uh with which i took this injury (laughs) he was he he thought that it must have happened to me a million times but i said no this is the first time young man and i you just kind of knelt down you're just like this sucks yeah you're like disappointed i was disappointed i was but you know as a as a fat old man i expect (laughs) (laughs) you only have so many jumps when (laughs) when your plan is to keep growing and my poor Achilles just said, "No, no uh, uh, uh-uh. no, you ain't, no, you ain't fat ass." Anyway. Uh, so anyway, but uh, but anyway, so that's why I don't play middle. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think that, like, yeah, I think early sport or early contacts, early reps, and what you were talking about was like interesting because you said, you know, letting these players do all these different things, and it's volleyball IQ, right? Like, so mm-hmm. I like the times where I get to hit. Like, I don't like hitting middle. I don't enjoy hitting middle. I don't think any. I don't think middles enjoy hitting middle. Mm-hmm. But uh, but w- there's such a difference in your spike approach. Yeah. And yeah. also when I Huge when you thing. go right side, mm-hmm. there's such a different feel hitting a right side ball. Yeah. And I think every player on the court should feel that. Yeah. Yeah. Every court it really helps you become a better because now I know like when I know the difference in how a middle hits the ball. And when I know the difference how a right side hits the ball, it affects my passing to the setter. Because now yeah. I know what that setter needs to do with every ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? I oh wow, okay. If I get if I want the setter to be able to set an effective right side back meter or a bick, like a back quick, mm-hmm. I gotta put the ball in a place where they can get their feet underneath. You know what I mean? The tempo, yeah. everything. Um you know, if I know what a quick feels like as a hitter and how, oh, yeah, my pass can't be a rocket straight line to the center. It has to be have some arc to give me time to get off, the, you know, to do my spike approach, do my backswing. So the playing as many positions as possible. It also, like, if players get a chance to set, it's really important. Yeah. Because that oh, makes yes. them pass better too, right? Mm-hmm. So I think the best thing you can do to get players, like, let me just go back to your question about pigeonholing too, like Eric was talking about. Mm-hmm. is let them do four on four or three on three a lot in practice. Yeah. And this ties in with our good coach, bad coach episode, because if the coach is too concerned with winning mm-hmm. and then they will never do this, but a coach who's concerned about development will actually let the middles get some reps in games yes. outside. Yes. Right. Who cares if you have to play with a small middle a game or two, right? Mm-hmm. If you, again, th- these are like, it sounds so hard. Everybody t- thinks that they're coaching at some super high level. People are like, "Oh, you could do that in high school, but never in club." Or, "Oh, you can do that with a with a regional team, but never a national team." You know, like because the U.S. has national clubs and they have regional clubs that stay in the region. And so, uh, no, it's all just developing the player and making them better. Because, yeah. because here's the crux: your middle, your six foot one middle, that you take out for the libero that you don't let serve now. Don't forget, right? Liberos are serving yeah. in, in the U.S. now. It's... That 6-1 middle, who is your diamond on your club team, mm-hmm. is going to go to post-secondary, and the coach is going to say, oh, you're a left side. Mm-hmm. And then that player can't pass, can't serve, not going to make the team. Yeah. So how did you serve? Did you serve that player, or did you serve your, your win-loss record? Right. So it just goes back to the same question. Are you developing players? Or are you trying to win medals? Yeah. Because if you're trying to win medals, then you're going to lock everybody in as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to let them experience other things. 
Um, and if you, if you're the right mindset, you m would let kids do different things even beyond that 15, 16 year old threshold where they say they have to, can't lock in or they have, they can start to lock in, you know? Yeah. So the, the, the focus being have even your left sides, your right sides, your middles, whatever it is, switch positions, um, on occasion. On occasion. Yes. It doesn't have to be like, that's not your third set strategy. That's not your... But it may be in enough, maybe in a game where you know you're going to win or get blown out, mm -hmm. especially to when you have when you think of you know players getting injured. Um, if somebody can fill in for a different position, yeah, whether it be absolutely. middle, whether it be a setter, um, hey, you got to know uh, who can back up the backup. Or when Such a good point. When Such a good yeah. point. When you're scrimming, right then your numbers are all wonky on the other side, but then you'd be like, Hey, Bobby, go play middle, even though he mostly mm -hmm. plays left side or whatever. Yep. And no big That's deal. Right. Yeah. That's right. And we made a yeah. post about that too. Remember about that coach that sticks with their top six or seven mm -hmm. or locked in. And then yeah. by the end of the season, they're screwed because those kids are tired or injured mm -hmm. and then they have no balance in their lineup. And same thing. You're right. Skills all around nothing wrong with having players, mm -hmm. Try different. I mean, again, what are we? Again, it's just it. This all depends on how seriously you take your club team. And again, I still think that the higher level you played, the less you think of club volleyball. Right? I was just at a club practice tonight where they scrimmaged against the vars against the varsity team, and it was very low level ball, right? Yeah. But to the people on the sidelines, it was like the be all end all, and they're making all these decisions. And I'm just like, you know, there's fundamental things that they're missing. Uh, in the name of development, just to try to win, you know, mm -hmm. telling the players how what shot to make to win versus how to how the mindset to win against anybody, not just this team. So, right, um, it yeah, it uh, it helped me understand the um, like positional the positions, like you know, when you're in different rotations a lot, so much more because I like I in in my uh, time playing volleyball, I got to play left side, middle. I started as a, I started as a setter. And then, like when I was like fifteen, sixteen, or fourteen to sixteen or seventeen, I was mostly a middle. Mm. And then I went to post secondary, and then I got slotted as a left side because I yeah. was only six four. And then I got to learn left side right, and it took me like four months just to figure out the left side approach, the whole passing and then exiting, and then this big long approach. Anyways, I was thank I was so lucky to have the opportunity to do that. But what it um, and then later on, on on another team where I actually ended up being flexible enough to fill in in all those different roles because of that, because of injuries mm -hmm. where we had, uh, I had a few, um, younger guys on my team that were sometimes they would, uh, start off and then they would get in their own head. Mm -hmm. So I would actually start on the bench and then, uh, if one of the left sides that kind of happened to them, or if it happened to one of the middles or right sides, I would just jump in for them. Yeah. It was a neat little you were yeah. versatile yeah. yeah yeah but uh but so because of my experiences playing those different positions i understand um like different rotations like really well because i i remember when i was just playing one position uh you know all i remembered was my little place when when i'm in one two three four and then i didn't really understand what everyone else was doing right and yeah. then and then the more i got to play i was like oh, okay now i see what's going on like it's just and it makes so much more sense and then yeah, because I remember sometimes being a complete deer in the headlights, making a stupid rotational mistake because being out of position on right. serve, right? Yeah, 100%. and it's just because like I I didn't have a deeper understanding, right? And then now it's just it seems so simple, mm -hmm. yeah. and it should be simple. It should be nice and everyone has their their alley, their avenue. The setter can get to the position when they need, to, like uh, yep. right at the yep. whistle. 
And what you're well, talking about is why that's why everybody becomes a better player after they start coaching. Like I, I after yeah, I became a coach, right. I became a way better player. Like I started coaching young, and I became a, such a better whole player. Picture. Yeah, you just understand more. You have again that thing that players aren't getting is that like coaches can give players that perspective by moving them around a little more. Yeah. Um, but the biggest thing for me, like in terms of the play of the middle right now, is that you take that one that perception that they can't pass, mm-hmm. and then you don't let them do it. Mm-hmm. Like I think the libero, it, like we talked about this in the, our show about the short player, like was the libero the worst thing that happened to the short outside hitter? Because the libero now they see the great, it doesn't matter if they're the best hitter on the team, short outside hitters, nine times out of 10, they just make them liberos. Do you, do you even practice as a libero up until like 17, 18? Is it even necessary? Just practice in whatever position you're in. And then maybe yeah. during, when you're working on rotational stuff, then, then play the libero role. But for the rest of the practice, just hit, hit balls pass balls whatever like be a backup setter or hit middle balls like yeah i think it's a tricky thing because you're caught between levels so like if you don't if you don't teach it let's say a 17 u a 16 u kid or 16 year old kid to do play on a team with a libero and to be a libero then you know you set them up for failure at a varsity tryout because then they're like they're not they don't know what the hell's going on because so like the old school like if you're not playing libero then the old formula was middle play six back you know if you're playing six back middle play six mm-hmm. and your left side is in back your middle five. was six. Oh yeah you didn't yeah back when you when I you didn't were know that. Two, yeah you used to play when when i coached you too when you were a kid you don't remember but you were you, you were six that's <laughs> 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 your mother uh, uh, yeah i think you think of because i'm uh, i did play six back a lot i do yeah, remember that i think because i'm was uh, I playing i'm brown i'm brown skinned and another one of your favorite coaches is uh <laughs> is a black male I think Eric, in his racist memory, Eric. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> What's Eric? going on? I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I was waiting for the punchline. Eric, Eric says he doesn't remember that I coached him, but I think that Eric morphs his two visible. You were dark enough for me to remember. You know, so. you morph both visible minority coaches into one person. Oh, he was the. <laughs> Maybe. Just no, I'm just kidding. Right. I think I, I, I should. I can't believe I called Eric. It means Hubie. Come on, Eric's not like, racist. You guys no, together no, no, would no, be no. Hubie. Some right? of his best friends are uh, racist. No, yes. are. <laughs> anyway, uh, so let's let's go back to the point. smart map. Um, the the idea was <laughs> Meech, stop it. Uh, what? <laughs> okay, the idea was before the libero was around. Middle's yeah, played so six. middles play six and left, left sides always played. played five. So uh, so now you know what's funny to me about this. Interesting. Yeah, because the the middle the idea was that you didn't have to be you weren't getting the driven balls in five. Right, you're getting the ro- the rolls over the block, touches off block, which tall players can be handy to touch, mm-hmm. and they can get to the. Oh, can, you mean in six? You are getting the driven ball the, in five. Yes, yes. Sorry, the. Libero Barrel okay. the left side, sorry, would be getting it in five, okay. you know, down the line, cross court. They're your best passers, best defenders, so they're sitting in five. Middles played six. I thought you would remember that from your days, but no. I I don't. You were a bit, I, yeah, you were a bit of a dope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a good way, though. Yeah, in a good way. Yeah. Um, but there's that. There's I do that. distinctly remember playing six. Yes. Mm-hmm. Distinctly. Yes, yes. So that's when you were a middle. Okay. That's when you were a middle. And maybe it's coming back to you now. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> this is an intervention. <laughs> Um, anyway, so so the left sides would play five, and what's funny to me now is that so like let's suppose your middle like so in in lo- most of the world liberos can't serve, mm-hmm. so your libero doesn't come in until your middle's done serving, right? Mm-hmm. So your your middle serves, and coaches are sending their middle into five, right? Because the left sides now play six, yeah. what since the liberos come yeah. in, right? So that's kind of weird because now 
even though the libero is not on the court, they're still putting the middle in five, which is where the hard-driven balls come. And, and they just and a loop. lot of the balls go, yeah. Yeah, so these players who are never allowed to pass are now being put in a spot to be the, the dig. So in theory, if you, before your libero comes in, your left side should stay in five, but they don't want to do that because it confuses the kids. But really, I think it's just the coach not just being aware of not yeah. being aware of the history. Like you weren't like the history of volleyball, where yeah. five is where your best defender goes. That's it. Mm-hmm. So if your libero's in, put him there. Yeah. If your libero's not in, then your left side's there. And they don't do that. Uh, my other no. problem with the, the, just sort of uh, another. I don't know if you guys want to talk about that or have anything to say about that. But I was going to say one other problem with with tall players like connected to this is that sometimes they get liberoed out and they're better than the libero. Wow. <laughs> okay. At passing. Yeah. I've seen it. Yes. I've seen it. Like my own daughter was uh, playing Libero. I told you she played up a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So she took a Libero spot on the eighteen U team and they were libero liberoing her in for a player who was a very <laughs> good defender. Yes. Yeah, because you can't player. you can't like suddenly be like, Okay, like tell the Libero you're not gonna go in and pass this rotation because it's basically just you're just gonna kill her confidence because <laughs> then they'll be like, "Well, then what am I gonna do?" It's like, well, well, well I don't but know what it's, you're it's funny that you said that though. It's funny that you said that you're gonna kill her the libero's confidence. Yeah, right? no. yeah. But what are you doing? Every rotation, you take out that middle, tall player yeah, yeah, yeah. for the whole season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they can't, and yeah, like you said, go take it to the state scenario. Mm-hmm. They can't serve and they can't pass. Mm-hmm. They're just out of the back row entirely. What a horrible situation for a young yeah. player. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like we all, again, we, when we look at pro, we get it. Yes. Right? It yes. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Different, um, different, yeah. It's different. And it's just not like there's, you can go from that to this, like without it being so hardcore or whatever. Like there's, I'm sure it can be, yeah. And maybe you're whittling out or cutting out some players that might be different positions by the yeah. time they get to yeah. the pros. Yeah. Like Big how time. many, how many outside hitters careers ended Tons. I, I'd say the majority of outside hitters who were middles in club are just so, and I know, I know middles, like I know professional middles mm-hmm. and I know national team middles who have told me, yeah, they like, when I remember we mentioned our fours youth leagues and that we run, mm-hmm. um, they thank us for doing that because they're like, they, they get visibly angry yeah. when they're talking about their history as an, as a forced middle at a young age. Yeah. And then they become middles as pros, but they they just want to pass and they want to dig, but they're not allowed to ever. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Uh, and the other side of it too is what about liberoing? What if the <laughs> they libero? There's some other team who's like passing, or some other player who's passing like shit all match all year, mm-hmm. and they never get libero because they're not a middle. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's <laughs> like the benefit of a libero. They can take out anyone in yes, the back row. But coaches don't do that. They just go middle. So yeah. So what? You'll be down a pipe or sea ball. Well, I'm pretty sure the pass is more important than your offensive. Your your fourth offensive option. Yeah. <laughs> that's not even what they're thinking. They're not no, thinking no, about no, the no, off. They're, they're just trapped in that, that pigeonhole thing no, we talked yeah, about. That's right. Off the off the top, they're like. Nope, my middle just comes out. Middle, that's the way my middle just comes out. My middle just comes out. So they keep thinking everyone's too fragile to, you know, like be taken off the court or taken out of their role or. No, it's just the coach isn't. Well, the coach is too fragile to. No, no the coach isn't just diverse. Like there's, they're trapped in groupthink. Yeah. The libero takes out the middle. What if your left side, what if your middle can pass? Like, yeah, that's just the, there's no individual. Remember we talked about this in our good coach, bad coach and some other episode where like 
this is how we do it or that's that player's role and it doesn't matter how good that player becomes they're never going to get more playing time or it doesn't matter you know what changes the coaches just go back go back bad, yeah. bad coaches do this great coaches are always flexible in their thinking yeah. they see things are changing among players people are growing think about it it's a nine month ten month season in you know in some parts of the world but you're playing full year of volleyball to assume the kid is the same in yeah you know the first month as the ninth month it's bizarre, especially at this age group, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, coaches should be constantly reviewing um, what everybody can do in each position so that that role doesn't just get taken where your middle, your left side, your right side. If you, if you review it, then you get to see, okay, uh, this person's developing um, this role and maybe they can fill in or maybe they can become the prime player in this uh, particular position. Yeah. It's about being open-minded, right? Yeah. Like good coaches are just open-minded. Mm-hmm. Bad coaches are closed-minded. Mm-hmm. And you want to be open, especially, I just hope every coach, if anybody hears this who's a coach, just once in a while, let mm-hmm. your middles pass mm-hmm. in practice. Because if they, they're, they're not passing for me. Could you imagine if somebody, like, as, me as an outside hitter, I can't imagine mm-hmm. if I wasn't allowed to pass at yeah. age 15 or 16 yeah. Yeah. ever again the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I never. I mean, some people would say I never could pass my whole life. <laughs> like we were at such a Those small club. <laughs> Sorry. Hmm. We were at such a small club. We didn't even play with a libero. Oh, now you remember me there? No. Well, I'm just saying In theory, we, like, yeah. I guess you were there. So, but we never played with one. No, there was no libero at that time because it wasn't in the rules yet. Oh, no, it would have been. No? Not not when I coached. That was, no, that was pre. Oh. It was very new. Okay, 99, it was very new. So some yeah, teams hadn't been... adopted. It took oh, a couple okay. years for teams to get into that. But role, I mean, for like, sure. at what point, when does the libero become necessary? Like, maybe this should be defined. Because well, I still... for a lot of the time, you can just play without the libero. You can play your whole. And who, what, whatever. Because that libero, they came from some role. Well, Maybe see, they were a middle, right? Um, but see, that's so, what I talked about in that show. Like they, that's why I talked about. It, other, they, they just made the libero the short player dumping ground. So, yeah, they, yeah. So yeah. they they, they so, said right, like it is yeah. group think they're like, oh, we must have a libero this year. Therefore, you shall be and like, and all two, and, and then, now our our outside hitters are all tall players. So let's make <laughs> these two players only pass and dig, and then all our yeah, like it's yeah, yeah it, it seems kind of crazy, right? Just it's like it's like. It's like yeah, hamstringing them or whatever. I still think yeah. I still think it'd be fascinating. It, there's got to be a coach out there who's still doing this. Like, who's still doing what? Not playing with a libero. Yeah. Well, there's... Like, just let your outside hitters be. If they're better hitters, let them be small and let them be great passers, it, great defenders. Isn't six two an old school thing? And Nebraska is doing that right now. There. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Like, Nebraska is like top one of the top yeah. teams in the country on the female side, and they are they were running a six. I don't know if they still are, but they were at the time. Yeah. Uh, running a six two. Mm-hmm. So three hit. I mean, to me, it sounds like great logic because yeah. it's like, okay, three hitters all the time in the front court. You still got pipe. You still got pipe. You don't have, you know, you're not worried. I mean, and maybe you're, maybe you're back, maybe your setter can rip it. So you still don't lose. Yeah. Uh, imagine that, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, there's another example. Right, like, right. like, so if your setters yeah, can hit, yeah. then you got like three, like you don't need okay, a, no, it's actually, you don't yeah. need a C ball if you're. Backcourt, right side, right. Because right, so exactly. That's a good point. Because in the ideal situation where all your players are actually phenomenal, well you don't, rounded, yeah, mm-hmm. you don't need a libero, mm-hmm. yeah. and you can run six two. Yep. So really, the only reason for the libero is to address 
shortcomings yep. of certain certain players and then to optimize things. Yes. And see, I think there's something like, I think society-wise too, huh. there's a real problem with specialization, right? If you think about it, when we played Meech, our team, everybody could almost play every position. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. It's very well-rounded. Mm-hmm. And uh, your even your club team that I coached, uh, with some, you know, Supposedly. the guys. Yeah. Oh, you don't remember Corello and I do remember. Yeah, Corello. Darling, of course I remember Corello. Dar- Darling and, yeah. and Lee, Pat Lee and, and Pat. Pat yeah, and that was I was your first year coach. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, well, Stu, show me the picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your mom. Ask your mom. Your mom was club director when I was there. Okay. Um, but anyway, uh, she thanked me for saving your volleyball career. But oh, uh, but I digress. Anyway, um, so the. The idea, though, was that everybody on that team was well-rounded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody could set. Was, everybody yeah. could hit. Yeah. Every, we had a short middle. Remember sometimes we had Connor playing middle. He was yeah, short, yeah. lefty. Yeah. But he could jump through the roof. So yeah. we were like, yeah, we don't care. I remember that. So if there's a team that does that stuff, um, I think they win. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you have a team of great players, I mean, you know, still mm-hmm. put your tall players in the middle. I'm not saying that. You got tall players, put them in the middle. Mm-hmm. But your outside hitters, let them be great hitters, whoever they are. But make sure they're also great passers, right? right. And so don't worry about size. Yeah. It's going back to that, right? And if, I would love to see a coach run with that yeah. and just go with that old school mentality. If you have a libero, great. Have a libero and just put them in whenever there's someone struggling, right? Yeah. That's a dream scenario. I That's think that weird. was the nature, that was the spirit with which the libero was created. You got this player here, whoever's struggling out there, you shank two. Shank one even, whatever. Mm, yeah. Or shank two in, you know, a couple in the same match. Mm-hmm. Hey, take out Johnson. Yes. <laughs> standard name. <laughs> Johnson. Just the standard to all the Johnsons out there. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> We're not. <laughs> take out my what? No, no, no. Not your, not your Johnson. <laughs> totally different sport. A lot of net violations. Um, yes. No, yeah, take out whatever, right? And that's what the libero should be. Uh, Flowing, like, yeah, and that's mm. sort of what when I think when I was first using libero, that's, that's an option. That's what all coaches were doing in those first couple of years of libero. They were, they were thinking of it more that way, and then it slowly became ah, oh, tall players can't pass, mm-hmm. get them out of there. Right, you know, it's really awesome. It's racism. <laughs> it's it's awesome to have a really tall setter, but the times I've played with really tall setters, oftentimes they haven't been given enough opportunity to like work on their, their defense and stuff. And they're more like, or like when the ball isn't the, the ideal pass and they have to form. Well, actually, no, I shouldn't say that they're excellent form, uh, setters as well. But, um, form pass setters, but, but they can run into the same situation where like, if they're, if they're very tall and then they've just been setting like, like most of their club and stuff, then they're they're missing out on the other the other aspects of the game. But there is it- setters are tricky though, because if they have hands, I I think that's fair game to lock them in. Yeah, I do. I you do as mean? well. Because screw their screw their uh, well. The it is good the to let them hit. Though. Special, it is good to let them hit. Practice. Good to let them hit. Yeah. But it's, why, Eric? It's, why is it good? Sorry, I didn't mean to hijack your whole point. But because it's a it's a it's an unofficial rule that um, if your setter digs the ball to you, uh, you have to set it back to them. And then but also, see if a setter know no, but if a oh. setter knows how, like a setter yes. feels what yeah, yeah. oh my sets aren't high enough or my sets are too low yeah. or my sets are too far inside. I think a setter needs to Just get like some hitting reps. Saying. Yeah, that's why setters are great hitter generally like i know yeah. my, my yeah. captain my Generally, setter, they are they sometimes it sometimes sucks because your setter can up. be your best it's very common that your setters might be your best hitter too mm-hmm. you know on a really good team because um i don't know they just they're just they get athletically that. gifted 
they get that hype as well. That yeah, they because they're the not hitting yeah. regularly. <laughs> true, true. It's like, like, give me the ball. Yeah. yeah, give me the ball. <laughs> true, too, yes. And then they just uh, can crush it. See, and this is another yeah. reason why yeah. your, your middles need to be, they should be some of your excellent setters on the team because a lot of the time that dig will, and the middle will turn around and it's right on their head. Mm. And then all they have to do, it's just nice high ball. Some, some teams, they are designated second setter. Totally. Right? No, Until they, the liber- liberals sometimes are. just taken over a bit. But yeah, because it's more likely that the middle, especially like, you know, at a, at a, at a system or whatever, like it's going to, it, the middle should set it. Yes. That way the pins can get off. Because the, the libero can't handset in front of the attack line anyway. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, the middle is the secondary setter these days. It used yeah. to be when we played in the old system, it would be the right side. Yeah. Right side with secondary hands if if backcourt setter digs it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Exactly. Let them play. Or, or well, if it if it's, uh, it would be the, the right side player. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, okay. I thought you said the middle. <laughs> no, no, no. It okay. used to be the right side player if the backcourt hands uh, dug it, if the backcourt setter dug it. Okay. Try to pay attention, okay? Yeah. Sure. It's your own uh, show. You, you, yeah. you keep you keep <laughs> messing up your words though. You Do I mess up my okay? words? Yeah, yeah. Am I messing up my words? Are words you? am I messing up? Down? Yeah. Down? Are you okay? I'm okay. Emotionally not. Not oh. so. Remember, I have an Achilles injury. I'm coping with injury. Wait, did, that's may, the next maybe episode. Maybe that's clot. the next episode. Oh, that's is that a is that a funny joke, Eric? No, it's a you know, people are listening right now with blood clots. In their legs? But we're just talking about you. Why couldn't he says he says like what Would are the you odds? Know? Would you know? Wouldn't it hurt? I don't know. I Eric, I think that we're not you know, I don't but he, but he was doing it out of concern. If a, but if you have a clot in your leg, it's gonna end. It's gonna end up in your brain. You no, know, we knew you were a little racist, problem. but now you're being medically discriminatory uh, as well. You were concerned about getting a blood clot in your leg. I said you when 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 you had the cast on. This is all were, ba- this is all backstage talk. You were reading Mayo Clinic <laughs> and you were having a panic attack because you thought you were gonna get a clot in your leg, so you no, no, took some, your cast no, off okay. and you said never again. No, no. So what I did? Okay. It. Well, we should talk about this later. We're gonna do an in- episode on injuries. But if people <laughs> listen, if you're listening at home, I'm just saying I'm not a doctor, but don't do what your doctor says. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this is not medical advice, but. Um, you know, I strongly caution Don't you against tear med- your Achilles. Yeah, people who studied medicine for seven to ten years. You know, just you know, grain of salt. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I have the up. internet. I have the internet. So, but anyway, um, no, I just found that the the um, the aircast was doing more damage than the um, too much restriction. If it's not moving, it makes sense. Blood. Yeah, blood flow, flow heals. So you know, but I'm a hippie, right? So mm-hmm. I do yoga in the in the nude. So that's, that's that tells you a little bit about me. That's hippie. A lot more. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a lot more than we need yeah. to know. I love it. The neighbors love it. Mm-hmm. Win win. Right. Yin yin. <laughs> yin yin. That's a yoga joke. Yin Question. Yoga. Yes. Would you rather? Not that it. Obviously, because I'm going to be speaking about Zuby. Um, <laughs> not that it happens very often to you mm-hmm. or ever. But would you rather? have be blocked okay mm-hmm. let me formulate this mixture because i know you're going to be all over me um, <laughs> <laughs> would you be rather be blocked uh by a short player or dug by a tall player Ooh, good one neither oh <laughs> no i'm just kidding would i rather <laughs> be would i rather be blocked by a short player mm-hmm what would sting or, more? Or yeah. dug by a tall player. What would sting I don't, more? 
I mean, I think I think it's always a win for an outside. For me, I always if I get dug, I think that's better than getting blocked by anybody. I don't consider who dug me. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sitting there going, oh, that tall. Best. Well, in either situation, if you got blocked, <laughs> what I sort mean... of person? I think I'd be focusing on the wrong things <laughs> if I was worried about their height. I think. I think I'd rather. I think it's always worse to get blocked, but it's understandable to be both. I, I don't think it's a problem to be dug or blocked. I, as long as I hit it well. You know what I mean? Like, I don't worry about... So this is a great, like, in mindset, I think we talked about this, and if not... I think potentially it would be worse to get dug. I never think about my opponent at all. <laughs> I only think about me. And it shows in this game, doesn't it? <laughs> no, no, yeah. no. No, no, yeah. so, so what I mean by that is I control what I can control. So I don't care. If I, if I put a great hit on it, mm-hmm. and that short or tall blocker takes away my angle or my line late... Mm-hmm. then kudos if i crank it really well around the block and it gets dug by anybody who's you know read it well yeah. mm-hmm. kudos mm-hmm. if i did a very predictable thing or didn't do something you know i'm always putting it back on me so i really honestly i mm-hmm. i wouldn't care unless it, unless i messed up to cause the dig or the hit or the block mm-hmm. then that's all i would care about like oh shit i should have done this should have done that okay maybe here's Sorry. another way of rephrasing what would you be more impressed by is the that, block or the dig? Is that what, is that is that clamp count? Is what, is that tied with what you're saying at all? Yeah, I think so. I think you're just saying. That. <laughs> <laughs> I like to agree with their. <laughs> I know you do. You guys gang up. I love doing Imagine that. there's like a, a, a up solid block up there, and you see it, and you just like thump on the ball, whether like straight down or deep, and then you get dug. I'd be like, damn, because like you did yes. your job, and you yes, like, that's what I mean. It. That's what I mean. So I don't, I don't think like, it bothers me shit. at all. Like, I just expect, honestly, and again, this is, I think, young players should be like this more. If I get blocked really hard, I think that means I cranked it. And you it, and hit it at the block. Yeah, but I, sometimes their block is, you know, the ball's tight, the block's there, trap, yeah, block, yeah, trap, yeah. Well, trap, not, right? It's not trap that, set. And it's you're, not a very good... But if you crank it and it gets stuff blocked, you know, that just happens. It, it's just, yeah. it's not something to get upset about ever. I think if I mm-hmm. if I'm in a situation where I can't get around yeah. a blocker, that's happened to me once in my life. You have to like test your blockers. That happened to me once in my life where I couldn't. Well, I was fucking getting blocked, and I was like, "What the fuck?" And I don't know what it was, but it just it pissed me. I was, it was the one time I just, just kept reading your right. I don't know. I don't know what it was. I think he was just like he was just a fucking great blocker, <laughs> and was really. I mean, he was blocking everybody. This is someone who went on yeah. to like major shit, by the way. Uh, so that was like, but I was like, you know. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I did, you know, you work it out. You work it out. You know, I started tipping. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Block that motherfucker. Anyway, um, no. Uh, so I don't think it would bother me the height wise, but I think that, so as a, from a coaching perspective, you know, I'd, lo- I'd be super happy for the short play. Like I'd be hoping the block, the short players get the blocks and I would love to see the tall players get the digs. Yeah, I think that's any yeah. anytime people go yeah. against the grain and they're like yeah. proving people wrong, mm-hmm. that's cool, right? Like yeah. you know, we we talked about uh, what's Sutter's name, Japan. Oh, uh, I forget. Uh, six foot one, he says, but he's not. He's, he's not. He's, he's not. He's definitely under six. Um, or Nishida says he's six two, but he's probably not six two. And this guy's like five. I think he says he's five ten, but he's not five ten. Mm-hmm. Six. I don't know. We can look it up. Um, Sakita. Sakita. Yeah. Sakita? Sakita? Anyway, setter for Japan. Short right. guy blocks everybody because he gets up high. I always tell short players this too, by the way. Like, 
you know, not that we want to get off topic and talk about the short player too, but you know, it's tied to this because if you're afraid to have short outside hitters, mm-hmm. then you're going to make them liberos, and then the liberos are going to not let your tall players play. So it's all connected. But if you're if you have outside hitters, you know, hitters are hitting it down. I never had a problem blocking big hitters because they're hitting it down at me anyway. Mm-hmm. I get up over the tape when I was younger quite easily, and then you penetrate, and they're going to hit it down on your hands. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I always tell people Because it's, there's a slight, slight, uh, I don't know if it's an advantage or it's, it's the hitter's own error where they, um, because of a shorter setter, yes. they get the press late. So the hitter's up and they actually think they have a laneway open and then they're all like, oh, I'm going to bounce this. And then like, instead yes. of being smart and swinging deep, they swing down and then the, the setter gets the easy stuff block or the easy soft block. Yes. Right. That happens a lot. Yes. <laughs> and it shouldn't. It's the hitter's fault. Yes. But it's because of the timing, because if it's the tall middle, you already see their hands like, and you just know that, okay, the, their hands are there. I'm not going to hit it that way. I'm going to hit it this way. And all of a sudden these hands come out of nowhere and then you get roof and you're like, ah, oh, mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. it happens a lot. Yeah. And you're right. Cause the best hit is a deep swing. Yeah. And that's where I did have more success. I was always a deeper hitter. And so hitting because you couldn't jump hitting well, I could no because I, I, I knew because I learned kidding, from I learned from a young age that hitting deep corners was the, where you wanted to hit the ball yeah and so I would often that would lead to off top of hands out of bounds yeah or, you know so um, but yeah because if you if you do try to hit straight down you're gonna get stuff blocked really hard yeah and it, well and if you're swinging high it forces the blockers to also reach up high right and it just yeah opens up more ways to tool them and, mm-hmm. and stuff you can even and then you can start to tool them off the the elbows and, and stuff like that. Because the story goes that Karch Karai, remember that? Remember the story was that Kart, my varsity coach told me that the U.S. national team did chairs, back of the corners, right. back corners, and Karch Karai hit 29 out of 30 full swings. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hit the chair 29 out of 30 times. I don't know if that's legend. I'd or, love to see that. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But I could see it. That is Beach crazy. guy, right? Mm-hmm. Beach guy jumped 45 inches. Meet you were going to say something there. I know that... Uh, uh, as you can probably attest that one of the plates of the tall player is that the sh- uh, shorter players and uh, a lot of times like you know when you're playing co-ed and stuff like that that hey, you sh- get hit just, just make sure you're in the mic there okay you get hit by um players yeah and uh, uh sorry uh, I guess I would say hitting hitting the pits as as you'd call it. Yeah, yeah. getting tooled off. And uh, now this definitely it comes down. Yeah, it's so it's it's also it's got to be partly on the blocker and and also like um, like props to the hitter for doing that. Actually, we, we just played an immense tournament where uh, a guy I know he's not like jumping as high anymore. I've been playing against him like and with him for years, mm-hmm. and he um, he's an amazing hitter and he just he's starting to slow down or whatever like he's vertical um <laughs> but absolutely unstoppable went like totally like 100 percent as a left side and all he did is exactly that he was yeah. just like off the elbows off the forearms now it's it's also partly the blocker's fault because if you are i think if you are except like and i'm not i'm not exceptionally tall but if you if you are super tall you one thing you can do is you can just back off the net a little bit and then when you go up, then you are able to pike more. And so even though you may not be vertically reaching as high, just back up a little bit. And now you're going to get more actual penetration, right? And yes. it's going to cut down. So, um, yeah, but it's still, it's mm-hmm. props to the hitter for doing that. But it's also the blocker could be doing something to try and minimize that. And then push hands forward. Yeah, yeah. And 
And the thing is, you're such you're such an easy target as a blocker if you're if if your eyes are not open and you're just going up and you're reaching and you're just like staying in one spot. Like it's always good to see the hitter or understand them or understand. And again, this comes into being a dynamic player. You're if you're a middle blocker and you're blocking about to block a left side, but you've played left side, mm-hmm. you know the mental pattern. They're gonna see the hands and then they're gonna swing around them because why? Why would they hit into you, right? But some of them, some of them will, and you should be there for that for the for the roof. But also, you can show and then press inside. And you, often you'll see that, like watch any slow mo of the of the pros or whatever, right? It's often you know when they're blocking the pins. It's up, and then they all do a slight press inside. It's also to turn the ball if they do block it to go towards the court and not and not out, right? But yes. um, if you're just standing there like this, mm-hmm. like what our coach used to call it with like skis in the air, your yeah. sticks, right? You're just a target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, but if if you're playing, let's say like um, uh, all the time against high players uh, or, or taller players um, hitting against you, then when the shorter one comes they're tooling you all yeah, day yeah, basically yeah. if you don't watch out that happens a lot yeah, yeah. for so you sure have, you have to take adjust a mental awareness yeah, yeah. and then mm-hmm. often it'll take you like four or five points just to, to just to do that adjustment right and then if yeah. the that's one advantage a high a high flying attacker actually has i guess is that when the set's there they can go for that max vertical and then you ha- you better meet them otherwise they're just going to ot you or whatever right but then they have the option to run like a faster low ball and then you're up for the high hit and now you're just going to get tooled off elbows so that's an excellent quality if the if the, this, uh, the the attacker can work that out with their setter that's keeps true. you on your toes because yeah and making that adjustment by pressing um in order to uh, to alleviate that shorter player getting past you or, or, or yeah hitting the pits right basically right the blocker should be seeing like my 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 coach who taught me to play middle it helped me so much then move going from middle to be a pin uh pin player because i was i was an exceptionally i think good blocker mm-hmm. because he's like head on a swivel head on a swivel because as a middle mm-hmm. you're way more hyper alert i feel like I, I feel like i was way sharper and like i had to be faster mm-hmm. as a middle player than a left side or a right side mm-hmm. at the net right mm-hmm. you have to be super sharp like both should be the same but i remember it was like so difficult it's like head on a swivel head on and you got to see the set you got to see the attacker and then whenever i got beat it's like oh i got beat because i watched the ball and then i didn't line up with the attacker right so now it's next time it's like okay see the ball see the attacker and then it's like okay fine i got like a, i got a little bit closer or whatever right so it's like you got to see everything and then that way if you're looking at the attacker you're not just like pressing with your eyes closed yeah. you can see that all of a sudden oh the set's low the attacker had a late, uh, late approach. He's gonna hit hit the ball low. Therefore, I gotta I gotta pike more instead of like being caught like this or whatever, right? Oh, so there's yeah. it's it's what it, he called it an art. It totally is, man. Blocking is such oh, a crazy. It is. And being and, a middle and attacking is and the, being the whole a mi- game is being a middle is so hectic. It's nuts, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's nuts. so hectic. Like it, to be like it's fast enough, like playing at the highest high levels as an outside player or as a setter, mm-hmm. but as a middle, things just friggin like it's it's yeah like if it's like jumping quick and then oh here comes the big back quick and oh yeah shoot i thought it was going quick but now he's way you know it's shooting uh you know an outside go. outside loop go. and it's like fast or and you don't you just don't know and then and then if it does get past everybody mm-hmm. you got to get off the net fast yeah and yeah. approach faster than anybody and and just get up in the air yeah. and, and make sure you're there so it's super hectic i was gonna say just thinking about when eric was talking about you know how 
you know, you got to read so much as a middle blocker, and it's so important to understand all facets of the game. Taking the middle blocker out of the back court. Huh. Good point. What does that do? Like for a couple of things, can that for someone can who that, knows so much about the offensive? Of the, yeah. Of, what do you think about that? What is what is taking them out of the back court? How does it affect? Can it negatively affect their ability to read as a blocker? Hundred percent, hundred percent, because they're not seeing the back row perspective when yeah. of the front row. Yeah, it's pretty massive. I'm just just thinking about that right now. Yeah, they get to see where the the team's being beat when they're digging. Yeah, yeah. Because think of how much sitting there as a backcourt defender Mm -hmm. does for your ability to read shoulders, Mm -hmm. read openings, read tendencies, Mm -hmm. and then we stick them in the front court into that hectic world you're talking about, Mm -hmm. and then they're like, you know, Mm -hmm. they're not gonna read as well. And it's gonna drive you like when you know yeah you're the middle and you're playing defense in backcourt and then you know it's uh set goes out and then your middle just can't close and there's the gap and then the hitter finds it and just bounces it right down the the hole right because that's that happens all the time and now as the backcourt middle you're like oh damn like the frontcourt middle just didn't get there in time so now it's like you're 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 staying in the loop of like man like i really got to be fast one because i'm almost uh, oh now i'm front row okay like that that setter setting really fast tempo outside you know i'm gonna get like the half commit on the middle just to make sure i got the hands take away the alley yes. and then land and then get yes. outside because this is their hot hitter i still have to take my assignment with the middle but i got to get outside and i got to close that gap or at least get something on yes. it right and then yeah. maybe there's it's a super benefit to being the backcourt player being let down by the front court blocker yeah and if you're never experiencing <laughs> that letdown, like everybody knows right like how you are you gonna you, have that conversation with them be like hey man no, but you look gotta- like you look like shit back there and everybody's like saying oh you didn't get that dig you know like it's because the fucking fucking blockers yeah, fucking, yeah. And, you, and everybody like you know it's like being a goalie who's trying to blame the defenseman right? right you know that it was the blocker's fault that you didn't dig that ball or they left the seam and you were trying to be in two places at once <laughs> that's right and then uh you know that but but you know so think about that that's funny so there's, coaches, there's no better perspective than yeah. being Seeing seeing the back row yes. on on what the front row is doing. It actually yeah. teaches you to be yeah. a better blocker yeah. by being in the back row. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I think we just stumbled on something. I think we just changed the game forever. And who better to rip on the front court middle for being late than the back row middle? Because if someone else rips on it, he's like, man, it's like you can just be like, I'm trying, and you because they don't know what it's like to be a, <laughs> to be a middle blocker. So you're just going straight for the like, the criticism, like yeah, who better? Yeah. To, no, well, I'm I'm just thinking like. Like, you know, the letting down your teammate. It's great yeah. to feel that and then be the... Blo- I mean, we, outside hitters get that. Mm-hmm. But liber- uh, middles, your middle blocker, your most important blocker, right, mm-hmm. is not getting that feedback loop, as you always like to say, the feedback loop thing, right? You're not getting that, oh, shit, that middle... that f- My, you know, counterpart let me down as yeah. a defender. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Wow, what a great teaching tool. Right. And then you two can go back and forth on the adjustments you're going to make yes. on the next time out or something, yeah. right? But even just if you, even if you don't have that, like just just 
the accountability. The, yeah. yeah, your accountability yeah. rises because you have to feel what it's like to be let down or yeah. or defended. Right, like it's great when you say, "Oh shit, he was really there. She was really there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She really took away that yeah, lane at the last huge. second. I'm gonna do that. Right, yeah. like there's a, there's learning happening back there and reading. Huh. Yeah. Uh, so there's that aspect, and then the other aspect is what do you guys think about flow? Like you know, Eric was talking about the hectic position and how it's. A lot of stuff going on. Take that player out for three rotations, pretty much. Yeah. Now go back in and be intense. Well, I think that's part of the the way that the middle plays now is you got to keep yourself amped up and in the game. Same as the libero when you're off the court, like that's. Mm-hmm. I think it's easier for libero. I think again, just tying in with that early thing we talked about confidence and that young player mindset. You know, where you're, if you are tall early, mm-hmm. like I always look at young middles when like I watch them, like coaches are yanking them off the court and throwing them back on, <laughs> and they always look. And I'm sure parents will know this too. They look confused yeah. as hell, and they just look like they're out of it. Like they're <laughs> they're just not comfortable. They're like you've all seen the time when they're not paying attention. Everyone's like, "Yo, yeah. get on!" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." Especially yeah. When they're young, even even in varsity, yeah. right? Some of these guys and girls are like, especially the guys, they're like, yeah, no, but even guys. girls, even girls especially too, like the they're like because of that tall, that confidence issue we talked about, the comfort level in their own body, mm-hmm. they're just, I don't know, it's just weird. It feels weird, like to not to rob them of that backcourt experience. I just hope that coaches understand they don't have to use a libero all the time. But then the argument against that is that well, then where do these short players play? Well. Let them hit. I yeah. Mean, let them. Let them hit. Let them hit. Cause, I don't know. Not while they're the libero, though. Right. Not while not while they're libero. Good point. Yes. <laughs> don't let them. Hit. Can't actually, be done yeah. at the same time. Imagine that would be hilarious. <laughs> I, I saw that today. Actually, someone set uh, a ball and the libero was there. So the libero just had. They're like, oh, <laughs> they they groaned <laughs> visibly because they set the libero by accident. The libero just standing there, like hammered it on the ground. Standing roll shot. Yeah, yeah standing roll shot. Yeah. Good. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff here. I think you know, with the tall players, I think the biggest thing that I'm taking away is that, like, when I like just from an empathy point of view, when I see tall players, young players, I just feel like so they're already again stereotype, but let's say a vast majority or a majority of them are already a little uncomfortable in those teen years because they're tall and they aren't. They're a little. They can be awkward. Yeah, and then they get the double whammy of basically, you know. Anytime somebody says to someone, you can't do something, mm-hmm. okay, you yeah, can't serve, can't, you can't, I can't believe that pass. And it's just over the 10 months, like, honestly, remember I told you, like, I've literally sat across from national team player getting visibly angry and upset, recalling the their experience as a middle growing up hmm. and just how they can't pass, they can't. It's literal. Like the, the the fucking up we're doing to these young kids mm-hmm. by just saying, yeah, you're out, you're out, you're out. And, and to a point, I, like I said, I've seen really good defending backcourt middles yeah. taken out. And that player is going to be an outside hitter. Like they're going to be told they're an outside hitter, but they're not going to make the team at the next level because they can't pass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's like lit- how many... I don't want to say millions, but it must be millions. Mm-hmm. Thousands of kids. Thousands of middles? Thousands of middles. <laughs> well, thousands of middles who were really outside hitters. Mm-hmm. But in club world. Or vice versa. Yeah. Like, it definitely goes the other way as well. Yeah, in terms yeah. of what? Sorry? Well, you can have you can have a left side goes a post-secondary runs up as a middle. Mm-hmm. Obviously, less. 
Yeah, pretty rare. I know one. And, yeah, I it can happen. It can happen like in small market. Like if you go to a small yeah. school and yeah, you're in small. But in big markets and big places and big schools, it's the height will always go towards the middle. Yeah, the height yeah. goes to the middle and the uh, or the, like I said, or the cider. Like I've seen some tall ciders and it's it's nice to have sometimes. Like yeah, no, 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 tall cider. We're, so we're not saying like. Tall, no, I know, yeah, I know, I know. tall setters. Saying. Tall setters are awesome, and they're it's a tool. And even tall outside hitters. But what I'm talking about is that that so the club player, you know, you know what I'm saying. The club player who's yeah. just, you know, six foot two, six foot three, maybe even six foot four, like your case, is a middle, never gets to play outside, and then uh, gets stuck in that position, and then they can't pass because they've been libero. You were lucky because you came through when libero was very new and it wasn't as commonly used. But if you were getting libero out from fourteen, you yeah, like you know, fourteen years old, like you would have been toast. Yeah, I would have been. Yeah, yeah, and your confidence would have been so low. I think it was already tough for me to learn left side in post-secondary because I did play middle mostly. So I wasn't in all the serving. I wasn't passing in all the serving rotations when I was back row. Mm -hmm. Because I remember it being very difficult to learn to pass these varsity level float serves at that time when it was that uh, black, red, and white Baden. Mm -hmm. It was Mm -hmm. brutal. It was yep. so hard. That was probably my biggest thing was learning to pass high level floaters. It was brutal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's, and everybody struggles with that. Yeah. 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 It's because like I, a knuckleball, right? Charlie. Yeah. It's like a baseball knuckleball. It's yeah. tough for the best hitters in the world. Even though, even though I was passing like, I don't know, like two out of the three times I was in the back row or something. Yeah. But it was just that well, the, one the, I would the other thing too. Away. Well, going back to that point too, back then and Meech, you remember this too. Like coach, I just said this today, like there's no creativity or flexibility in passing lineups anymore we routinely would drop someone out you know what i mean okay yeah. but today it's right. like right sides never pass mm. right sides never pass what if your left side shanked a few you don't yeah, want to yeah. push them up and drop the, yeah. the right side back nope right sides never pass just, I'm like, what are you talking about even if even if there's no difference it just gives something visual different for the server yeah like, it's just, oh, just a change why are they yeah you get yeah. you get ace twice in a row do i change who i'm serving now or? Yeah, yeah just yeah. just um drop that passer out they don't do yeah. that a lot of coaches don't do that i mean <laughs> good coach good coaches out. good coaches do i'm assuming mm-hmm. but it's the same thing with this tall thing like it's just like okay tall player can't pass see you later and you know it's uh it's weird it hurts it hurts your brain when you see like the same thing just happen over and over and like nothing yeah it's like literally hurts. that's my life right now right? yeah like I, <laughs> not only do i not only as a club parent but as like i coached a long time and i would see other coaches that just didn't do any i coached in a time where there was flexibility and open you know and i don't i I don't know if I just didn't know how bad other coaches were because you're coaching your team and you tend to be open-minded or a thinker and flexible. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm a parent and and I still go in and assist, like we still get called in and go help teams all the time. Mm-hmm. But I am just really shocked at how many coaches don't even know what they're looking at, and yeah. they don't even they don't even think. Like, you know, I, I guess it's a societal thing. Like, there's just no flexibility of thought. Well, and mm-hmm. I think no like, creativity. I guess is what I'm getting at because. Yeah. The, uh, the the opposite of creativity is like specialization. So they're just that's what I, that's yeah, I think I, I think that's what you're getting. There's at. a real just problem. leaning on it. It's like oh well, this is the crutch. We'll just keep. Well, I shouldn't call it a crutch, but um, yeah. Well, I think that's what I sort of touched on earlier too. Yeah, the, the, uh, expert culture is a real problem. I think not just mm-hmm. in volleyball, but like across the board, mm-hmm. because whenever we say experts say, mm-hmm. um, there's mm-hmm. this I don't have to think because the expert has spoken. 
yeah, and yeah. we don't we don't ask expert qualifications. Yeah. And so we're making players experts in positions when really remember there's a lot of talk too that no you don't want to be an expert you want to be a generalist you want to be a jack of all trades remember that expression mm-hmm. yeah a jack of all trades a renaissance man that's the, what it was made for yeah. yeah yeah so that so that people could learn every single part and be specialist in every single part so that it's not falling back on a particular uh, specialty mm-hmm. your a specialist in everything. Jack of all yeah, trades. As Jack you said. of all trades used to be such a compliment mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Renaissance man. That's yeah. what it meant. It took like, you know, thousands of years, millions of years for humanity to get to a point where they're like, oh, you want to be good at lots of things. Mm-hmm. And that's generally better. We yeah. all sort of accept that it's good to be good at a lot of things instead of great at one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yet society's kind of now saying, no, it's better to be great at one. And volleyball is following the same pattern that we should specialize. Mm-hmm. And that means that tall players are losing their diversity. Mm-hmm. They're not able to do more. Right. And we're, we're, it's a self perpetuating thing where we're like, Oh, tall players can't pass. Well, they can't now because you've, <laughs> yeah, you've of, made it come true. Right, <laughs> like right. if we started liberoing the left sides, mm-hmm. it would take a couple of years for people to say, yeah, left side sure can't pass <laughs> because we've liberoed them out. Sure. So what are we doing here? We're creating the need. It's like we, right. We're creating the need for the libero right. by using the libero. I just wish yeah. that I, I think the answer honestly is that one, let, let the game, let players do different positions. Like we said off the top, mm-hmm. let them do some of that diverse, you know, King's court is a great game. Mm-hmm. Let them and force team or let them play fours and force different players to take on the setting role, make them rotate through all three positions. So they got to hit outside. They got to hit inside that could end your practice every day. Right. Keep score. Yeah. Um, Everyone has to do a, a position different from what their regular starting position is. Yep. Just so that it can get that versatility. Yeah. Or rotate through all of them, at least in the practice. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You know, okay. You were all in this position, rotate one, rotate yeah. one. You know, um, yeah, that, that would solve a lot. And then, and then let the player, um, you know, if you can once in a while in game situations, mm-hmm get them in there or even in practice, let yeah. them see what it feels like to do that. I, yeah. I think you got to understand you're dealing with a kid that's halfway through. So even if you're coaching an 18 year old kid in club, they still might have 10 years before they peak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And always, always, sure. always coach for where they're going, not where they are. Yeah. This is the philosophy we talked about before too. Like you can be, uh, you know, coaches coaching to win right now. Mm-hmm have to think long term for that player sport where they peak when they're 28 i i think that's even pushing into third like honestly i think a 30 year old player is still dying but you're 35 you're still playing well when i was 35 i still felt like i was had a lot to play mm-hmm. um i don't even know if it's 28 that's the number that yeah, gets thrown yeah, around yeah. on the internet <laughs> but you're dealing with an 18 year old 17 year old kid mm-hmm. always think about okay what if just just look at your middles and say could they play middle at the varsity level if the answer's probably not like or there would be a very short middle there then let them get some reps outside good point right good point that's sort of sums yeah. it up mm-hmm. i think I, I know that one of the um speaking of the the play that, of the tall player and eric focused on this was that you do have to have that swivel head mentality yeah um i know that the main reason that i feared getting thrown into the middle <laughs> is that it was the cardio aspect yep. not so much if i could hit it not so much if i could get some plays in but that the middle 
has to be a cardio thing. Oh yeah. my god! It, it's 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 so intense going yeah. back and forth and faking hits. Yeah. So, <laughs> my advice to any you know short player or tall player is to make sure your cardio is ready because that might be holding you back uh, uh, ahead of the swinging, right? Ahead of the attacking. Yeah, and in theory, if you're a big body. Because you got to block everything. Yeah. That, that's the thing. Yeah. That, that's mm-hmm. what. That's why everybody hates playing middle. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. they're like, oh, well, you mean I got to block the middle, the right side, and the left side? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, yeah, and, you I, do. and I don't get to just sit back with my <laughs> left side. One of the great joys of playing left side yeah. is like, is oh, to my laugh, God. Like, it's, it's to, it's to, it, to bomb. And and rest, yeah. bomb and rest. Right, the middle doesn't get to do that. My favorite was like, oh, the set's way over there. Yeah. <laughs> I could just creep in a couple of feet. Okay, ball's not coming to me. Back way out. Plenty of time to assess. And I watch the middle running around like an idiot. <laughs> I'm just like, man. I mean, I, we the first thing you gotta get when you're building a team for like a rec tournament or like a yeah, is like, let's get those middles. Let's get those. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. ain't playing middle. And every every every. Everybody you ask is like, what position do you need? You're like, a middle. You're like, no, no, forget no, it. I'm I went through years of that. <laughs> yeah, right. like, oh my what do you need, middle? Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> and, when you, and when you find a middle, you never let them go. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah, yeah. You're like be, first on your tournament yes. list. Like, okay, if I'm going to make one, let me get my middles that will agree to be middle. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this is the honest part. This is the real plight of the yeah. middle. The plight of the middle is that once you are made middle, you are stuck there yeah. for life. I don't care if you're 60 years old. Like you can still play middle, right? That's Zoomy. right. You're I, tall. I tore both my Achilles tendons and I had surgery last year, but you're still six four, right? So you're still yeah, six yeah. seven, right? You haven't lost any height. Have you? Single blocks all day. That's the real point of the middle. You're trapped, and you. Yeah. Everybody wants to be an outside hitter, right? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's easier. It's, it's there, easier. we admit it. It's easier. Yes. Okay, that's right. Yeah. Thank you. To the ones that need to play middle. That's, yeah. <laughs> whenever, actually, whenever I meet a middle now, my first thing is, thank you for your service. <laughs> That's yeah. right. It's like That's being right. a middle. <laughs> You're a hero. <laughs> my gosh. Uh, what you went through. What you, what you accomplished uh, during that time. Tell us your stories. That's right. <laughs> oh, it's so much jumping. It yeah. just sucks. You get like one foot approach. Yeah, or like you get no foot approach, and you don't even get or the you, set. Or your approach is the back step approach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're, and sometimes the more devastating a middle you are, mm-hmm. you just make your outside hitters look better, and then they get yeah. the glory. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. you, you're holding your you're, busy, hold, yeah. you're holding all those blocks. Totally. <laughs> like man, Zuby's killing it today. Why is all only one on one blocking all day? It's because the middle's dominant and never getting set. That's right. It's true. Outside hit. That's another thing. Coaches like you know. Uh, run your middles a lot even if uh, that's another thing i do see a lot of tall players because they aren't coordinated at young ages and so they don't they don't set them and they don't understand like you got to run that middle even if they're not effective yeah Uh, not only only will they get better not only will they get better but also your outside hitters become better Mm -hmm. right because the blockers are sticking around a split second longer right the as a coach you'd always say that you have to at the start of a game what's it called you need to establish the middle establish the middle right establish the middle that's something that not a lot of coaches understand it opens up yeah yeah that's a common common basic common sense establish the middle Mm -hmm. you know uh telling setters we should we'll do a setter show too but you know getting everybody involved is another one right Mm -hmm. you don't want to wait 
to set someone like two rotations in. And, yeah. and then they miss the hit. And then the center's like, like, that's why I never set them. Yeah, <laughs> like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> then they're not going to crank it. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Versus, versus as a middle in a long rally. Like the ball's going over the net like three or four times, and like you block and you turn around, and you're gassed, and you get off the net, and you jump up and you yell for the ball, and you're just hoping, please don't set me. <laughs> the center sets you, and you're like jump like two inches, and you're just like, oh god, and you're oh, like, god. tip it over, yeah. and it's like, no man, I'm holding the blocker, man. <laughs> Even though you got to call for it, yeah, you yeah, act yeah, like you want it. You you're like, oh, like, shit. yeah, 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 and you're just like, oh god, that is, yeah, I could totally see it. Like honestly, I just think yeah you got to look like you want it yeah and you got to look like you're ready yeah and then you're not ready you're like ah shit and you're like lying down <laughs> up out of bounds because you have no <laughs> jump left yeah it's true it's true like, it's um it's kind of like we're funny we're laughing about the outside hitter um you know n- can't hit the ball of course they can't hit the ball because they're not they haven't been set for 20 reps and we're laughing like you know don't give them the ball and then you set them and then they hit it in the net mm-hmm. it's the same thing that's happening with the middle as a defender or a passer like right like so like that story i was telling you about where i was watching a very good backcourt mm-hmm. passing middle getting libero'd out mm-hmm. um you know she would shank the odd play while she was in before the libero came in after she served and the and, coach then, and then the coach and that just reinforces right. to the coach that oh. she can't pass. But then sometimes she'd make a great dig and it's just overlooked. Mm-hmm. Like, oh wait a minute, she, why why not leave her in, right? Mm-hmm. Or libero someone else out. Mm-hmm. Like so so just the lesson here, coaches, is again going back to don't pigeonhole, right? Let tall players do other things. Let your libero do other things. Mm-hmm. Come in for other players. Mm-hmm. Uh, that will yeah. help. That that yeah. could solve the problem right there. Yeah. If you want to keep your tall players as middles. You know, and you let them pass, mm-hmm. right? I still think that, like you said, Eric, the spike approach is so different for yeah. the outside. That's not talked about enough, mm-hmm. right? The transition from being a middle hitter, outside hitter, it's so different. Like even when we yeah. teach the spike approach, it's mm-hmm. biased towards the outside hitter, yeah, mm-hmm. right? We don't teach the middle spike approach. No. I mean, we teach the essence of it, but we teach mm-hmm. it with so much time mm-hmm. and so much. Like you know, as a coach myself, just sort of a blind spot. I know when I teach the spike approach, it's <laughs> it's like these massive back swings. Mm-hmm. It's like these slow steps <laughs> and then big two final steps. That's not how a middle approaches no. in, in the middle of a game. It's mm-hmm. it's off pivot. You right. got to be in shape and you got to be warmed up to if you're going to demonstrate. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Sure. yeah, and that's why they have to be tall because they don't get the full approach. So yeah. they're already up in the air and they it can helps. reach. And that's why you want a tall middle. We're not saying don't go tall middle, but we're just like, you know, give that tall player some slack. I just, Like I said, just from an emotional point of view, I don't like it when I see tall young kids getting, um, you know, just getting clobbered. Well, yeah, pigeonholed and just clobbered self-esteem-wise. Like they're already getting it because there are like, you know, 14-year-old kids already awkward and mm-hmm. not comfortable in this skin. And now they sort of like, all oh, right, yeah, you just can't do this. Mm-hmm. And they just go along with it. And then they come in all discombobulated in the front row, confused, spinning around. <laughs> not know. And it's just really tough to watch a young player do that. And then, like I said, if they're not six foot seven, mm-hmm. if they're like six foot two or six foot Man, even, it's... and then there's they're being set up for failure mm-hmm. you know a later, lot of, a lot of guys are like that like all the way until they're 20 21 like they're the coordination just isn't there like yep um yeah like so yeah i, I i'm just thinking of specific players i know that were gangly yeah. and you're right they're totally don't have the confidence because uh, you know, they would get the ball, they would get the set in practice and they're still just struggling with the coordination and they can see all the other guys looking at them. Right. And they're, but 
that's why you need a team that's also like on board and kind of just supporting with supportive, it. Supportive, yes. They'll that's, get there. Yeah. Especially because uh, very much like, you know, setters, you know, always having second contact. The middle is always getting a little bit of blame for for not going up this side not going up yeah. that mm-hmm. side yeah getting um, in the way of the center <laughs> <laughs> getting in the, yes. yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's right. the worst <laughs> yeah i mean uh kudos to, to you guys but just you know coaches keep in mind that um they're always getting a little bit little bit little bit blame yeah. and if they're not like a strong personality and and they're not getting the support of the team understanding that they're doing so much more then um you know it's a real negative and that's, that's a great point yeah, yeah and that just exactly brings back to where if you have the middles also playing back row then they're accountable for each other but if you also have other players trying the middle roll out and now they're they're mm-hmm. trying to run the quick after just blocking and they see how hard it is mm-hmm. then they're gonna be like holy shit okay i get it like mm-hmm. it's not easy right and then yeah. and not only that you have the middle observing this other player now playing the middle position mm-hmm. they're gonna get they're gonna kind of get amped up because now when they go back they get to kind of show off or whatever right because if mm-hmm. it's just if it's just the middle is competing against each other or <laughs> the middle yeah then you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. it's always it's like you, you see you see your teammates play and then when it's your opportunity in the level. hitting line or, or in the game you know that you get you not only get to try and win the game you get mm-hmm. to try and like show your teammates what you're all about right you're like, in the game more you're in yeah you're in it you uh, feel a part of it right? yeah mm-hmm. uh is that yeah you, you know um I, I would think of something like instead of maybe coaches giving laps to their players uh you know even if you know if they mess up just say hey you know what you're gonna play middle <laughs> yes yeah. yeah no but you know it's funny you know it's funny you say that because i don't think and you mentioned this Meech, and i never it's true oh, i don't shit. think mm-hmm. i don't think it ever comes up enough in a coaching setting about how much more the middle's doing mm-hmm. right that's yeah. a great point you said that because that that is interesting the middle is working and i don't think outside hitters understand that. like even i didn't understand it until i became a coach mm-hmm. just how much the middle is doing yeah your middles had to in one in varsity they were the ones who had to rest in terms of volume of when we were practicing attacking mm-hmm. they they legit needed a break okay well there you go that's why they have low barrel then okay keep okay. taking them no. All right. well, damn out of shape tall people or, or we were just out of shape actually no. Like, no 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 it's exhausting because yeah. you got to block all three positions you know and and four or five positions but i think there's um like you know it's funny you know because we talk about this you know and i don't want to take it back to like you know too sensitive but is it as simple as like just centering out a kid like you know no kid likes to be centered out bottom line right when they're a kid what do you mean? Well, so like you're the one player or the two players who just get liberoed out. <laughs> like you're the only <laughs> one. Like think about that. Like the psyche of a player, mm-hmm. like you're the only one who's getting, like there is that feeling, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, I just, why don't you play backcourt? Like, you know, but think of a parent who doesn't it's know just, the sport, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Watching watching their kid, or, I mean, not even their kid, but watching, you know, any kid. And you're like, why does that, why does um, Frank or Sally never get to play in the backcourt? Oh, it's just them every then, time. Because <laughs> then, when they when they're in practice, are they really going to try hard on their passing reps? Or are they, they just gonna be like they nah. don't even they might not even get them, well, right? Like the, the, the tossing lines today, like the, it's not even like you know nobody's hitting at all three lines. Mm-hmm. They put stick the libero in and they aim for the libero and some things. I mean, sometimes you might get the three, 
like I remember literally going into a coach's practice to help them do a clinic and uh, the coach, I said like we had three lines going and it was just a warm up drill, right? Mm -hmm. And he said, oh, um, middles, just go up to the net. You don't pass, dude. And I was like, "Oh, we're just—it's just a warm-up drill." And he was like, "No, no, no I don't want—I don't want the middles passing." <laughs> I'm like, "So you don't uh, want—you want them to have that rep?" Like it was just literally like you know, three passer setter, you know, rotate through, right? Um, didn't want the so why passing. why even pepper then? Why even why even pepper? Why? Exactly, yeah. Oh, don't pepper, yeah. Libero, oh, yeah. Would, <laughs> yeah. As soon as your middle start peppering, yeah, just, yeah, just yeah. swap them they both hit, out with libero. They hit, and then the libero comes in to pass and set, and then they come back and they hit. Oh. Someone, we should make we should make a video. We should, should we, do, we should make comedy videos. We should make like uh, when a middle goes shopping, or a middle tries to dress themselves, or a middle cooks dinner, and just have a little libero come in and do everything for them all day until they're useless. Yes, that's right. I always equate it to like my wife doing too much for my my daughters. Like you know, like, like oh, you're gonna do all their laundry. Oh, you're gonna cook all their meals. Or you're gonna clean up everything for them. Well, then they're, they're totally useless now. It's kind of what we're doing to middles in a weird way. Not that they're useless but we're just saying it's a problem <laughs> but uh you know when you do too yeah it's it's just a weird circle it's of an, like it's an obvious after effect or consequence yeah it's uh, and i just think if yeah. national teams and, and so elite levels because a lot of times when you have these conversations people go oh you're so concerned about people's feelings and that's what a lot of coaches they hide behind that oh you're worried about oh why doesn't everybody get a medal well dipshit at the highest level you might be losing out on amazing outside hitters. How about that, right? That if if you want to take the win first approach, which might only register with some people, how many elite outside hitters who are six foot four, six foot five, are we losing because they can't pass? They don't have good footwork by the time they're eighteen, nineteen, and going to post secondary, and they're told they're an outside player, and then but because you haven't let them pass. Because you wanted to win a, a gold medal and you made this player play middle and liberoed them out their whole club career. Mm-hmm. And now that person could have been a dynamite outside hitter, but because they can't pass, they're gone. Yeah. That if that if you want to take the cold hearted approach, because that is the answer. Like that is the pushback. Everybody thinks, Oh, you're concerned so much about feelings, you don't care about winning. Well, I don't care about winning a fifteen U medal. I'm sorry. I think that's useless. Mm-hmm. I'm here for the player, not for me and my ego. Um, and his ego is big. Yeah, so I don't know some how. people think it is. People he, think uh, it is. People think it is. People mistake. Well, we talked about this. You know, I'm confident, but I'm not arrogant. I think we should all tell that we, to we the people. We talked about this. Well, we talked about how <laughs> how people mistake. People sometimes don't like confidence. Yeah, yeah. Right. People get put off by confidence because a lot and of they, time they like to label it as arrogance. Truth. Yeah, or just like confidence can turn people off. But if it's there's a difference between arrogance and confidence. Like arrogant is being an asshole to people. Confidence right? has something backing it. Yeah, I just hate society. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Point blank. Yeah, right. <laughs> just everything. I just hate everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay, except fast so food. Fast food is good. <laughs> the main pushback. Back, back, <laughs> back to my Achilles tendon. So the main pushback to what we're talking about is that we are um, coddling. So people like to turn this into... isn't what they're doing coddling? Mm -hmm. In what way? 
Well, like you're, you're protecting. You're, this is your only role. All you have to do is block. Ooh. All you have to do is pass. That's good Don't too. Worry you about can turn it that way too. Mm-hmm. I think whenever you talk about developing players, so like, mm-hmm. you know, so we made a post uh, on social media about how if you take out a player mm-hmm. um, when they can't do something well, mm-hmm. then aren't you only ensuring that that is going to yes. persist, that problem is going to persist longer. And there were, you know, people, some of, the, some of the people who criticize that mentality of developing a player versus trying to win now, yeah, yeah, is yeah, they yeah. turn that into, oh, I guess we all get trophies or, oh, they try to turn it into coddling. When really what they're saying is, no, but I want a trophy for my self-esteem. That's what that coach is saying. Mm-hmm. You know, rather than mm-hmm. I can handle losing mm-hmm. if it's about developing the player. Right. Player right. focused first. Yeah, I because don't. That's such a hard I don't know. thing to I, teach. Yeah. Honestly, coaches don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know the counter argument to that. Um, it, it's that they think they try to turn that around into you being, and maybe this is a whole different show <laughs> because I think it is. But uh, when you try to tell them that you know you might be damaging middles, uh, long-term prospects of being a hitter, especially the ones on the bubble. Of course, you know what? If they're six foot seven, six foot nine, you know. Uh, but then again, they could be a right. <laughs> Those are monster right sides, right? And and that's maybe maybe that's where the right side doesn't pass thing mm-hmm. has come from because those middles who have shifted to the right side in varsity, right? But it is a blind rule. It's it should be. You know, there's no flexibility in your defensive uh, or offensive service, whatever. Um, the more I played right side, the worse I got at passing. <laughs> yeah, because they do leave you out. Yeah, yeah I would I would pass in practice, but then I just didn't have those game time experiences of passing and that. Because the right side never yeah, passes, yeah. and then I get thrown in. It was like, oh damn it! No. But it's weird, right? That I don't know any scenario where more flexibility or more options aren't good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, I is. I would watch a team get yeah. aced like five times in a row, timeout. Five more, and the right side's still not passing. And I know that right side's a better passer. Yeah. Like I'm watching these coaches. I'm like, why don't you let your right side pass? Drop someone else out. Push someone up to the net. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Adjust. Like, Adjust. Yeah. You can do that without burning a timeout. Isn't That's that right. what makes Bill Belichick a genius? Is that he mm-hmm. thinks on the fly and he adjusts, and everybody talks about everybody reveres Bill Belichick as this great thinker, like a general. Mm-hmm. And then the, uh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> we keep running out the same passers and we keep losing. And well, why don't you try to fix it up? Right. Anyway. I think we're good. I, I think the idea is that the we are tall players. Not only are they dealing with a self-esteem issue at a young age coming in, the, the, the likelihood of them being uncomfortable in their own skin is high. Mm-hmm. I think that's a different show we want to talk about too, the tall versus short mentality. There's something very interesting when you look across the board in volleyball. Mm-hmm. There's something very interesting about tall player mentalities and short players. But, mm-hmm. um, but not only are they coming in with this level of discomfort and being unsure of themselves, and then they get centered out in this way for liberos, and then when the time comes for them to reach a higher level of volleyball and they're told that they're a different position or they're not tall enough to be a middle here, mm-hmm. then they're euchred because they can't do the footwork. They have had zero reps. Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> zero reps at yeah. the outside position, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Any closing thoughts, Meech? So coaches, advice, players and coaches? Or maybe I, the player? I don't know. I, I would say that if you're going to say, okay, uh, as a coach, you're going to play this particular position, then you better be prepared to say, okay, but you're going to work the most on the things that you are not good at. Mm, That's a great one. Love that. Working on weaknesses. Mm -hmm. That's a great one. Because you're already good at what you're good at. 
Yep. There's less room to get more good, mm-hmm. I hate to say it that way. Yeah. Uh, you can improve on what you need to work on. Yeah. That's a good one. And a nice way to say that is we're going to make you well-rounded. Yeah. We're going to work on those things that need the most help. Excellent. Yeah. Eric, closing thought? Uh, I wrote down, no one likes to be typecast. Uh, Daniel Craig said no to $100 million to do James Bond, what, like the fifth time or something like that? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't know. And he's, but he's not very tall. No, it's, but it's not about height, but it's about like he did oh, so sorry. many Bond Th- movies. This episode's about height, though. Yeah. I know, but it's about, being, it's about being typecast. Is there a volleyball and scene? And being, being tall is being, or being placed in the middle is being typecast. So it? you're saying that middles, if they're paid $100 million, But they're given the opportunity to play left side. So James Bond should play... Left side. <laughs> Left side. Uh, if he had the opportunity to, he probably would because he's been okay. playing middle his whole life. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. Did we cut you off though? No. 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 That was it. Okay. And just, just, just the, the benefit of playing the whole sport is just too good. So Daniel Craig didn't want to play James Bond because he didn't want to be typecast. Exactly. After and, how and many it, movies? I don't know. I forget. He did like, <laughs> he did like four. <laughs> and then they offered him a huge amount of money to do another one. And he, he just kept saying no because he didn't want to be. He's like, no, I've done that. Yeah. He was probably already typecast by then. And rich. Well, he was, but that just goes <laughs> to show. And rich. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. Taking on the role like that and doing it more than one movie, you're probably locked in. Mm-hmm. For sure. Nobody wants to be stereotyped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess, uh, but he obviously did it well. That's why they wanted him back. Yeah. Yeah, he's so good. So. Maybe don't do that. If you're if you get put in the middle and you become a really good middle, maybe keep playing it. Oh yeah, we're not. T- <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I'm not. Eric's like I'm Eric, kidding. I'm kidding. Like I'm not. Saying. No, well, you should do that. Every episode, Eric should come to the totally wrong conclusion. Like, you know, maybe we should keep the middle as a position. That's not. <laughs> that's not what we're talking about at all. <laughs> I think the ball should stay the same shape. No, that's not what we mean. Wait, the uh, ball should stay the same shape. Yeah, balls are round. Sorry. <laughs> I'm missing the point. Double O. Oh, you're oh you're trying to do it now. Okay, maybe that'll be my job because you didn't do it very well. Okay, but we won't typecast anyone. No, we okay. won't. We won't typecast, stereotype, prejudge anyone. Uh, and tall players, man, I feel for you guys. I I'm a short player, but I uh, I saw how hard you guys were working, and you know, I kudos to you. But I, back problems, man. Yeah, I just, I wish, I wish we could. I have back trouble too. Joint problems, right? A lot of jumping, a lot of weight coming down on knees and ankles. Did and you ever have growing pains like your shins and like yeah thighs and like can't sleep as a kid? Remember yeah. That? Uh, well, I had. I, I guess every kid would have that. Yeah, kids have growing pains, but not as much so as tall. Bad. Not as much as tall kids. Meets you. What are you thinking? You're gonna. Meets <laughs> 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 had, had a weird face there for the people just listening. Meets made a very weird face. Something about what was it? What part of it? No, it was just that I thought you might go somewhere else. I was thinking about it. Couldn't sleep at night. <laughs> and and his growing pains sound a lot like groin pains. Groin pains. Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't go there, but you did, me. <laughs> Thanks for projecting, stereotyping me, Stereotype. typecasting me. I'll not do the next Bond. <laughs> even if the studios beg you, eh? Yeah, even if they beg me. Well, if they beg me. Maybe. 
Zubair. James Zubair. That makes no sense. <laughs> anyway, this show's over, I think. Um, yeah, diverse drills for coaches, right? Mix it up in practice. Let everybody play different positions. Even if you're not willing to do it in games, let kids get the reps. And don't say blank can't do blank or yeah don't don't say that don't, out loud don't say can't do yes don't say all. yeah especially at young ages i don't get it yeah where they have they're not get being paid millions here um like daniel craig and then also parents parents if you have a kid that is being thrown in the middle mm-hmm. and being liberoed out i highly recommend especially if they're on the smaller side I highly recommend that you get out in the backyard with them or have a friend come over and have them serve pass, serve pass in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, oh, it always goes back to this, Meech. What's the answer? We forgot sorry. to mention it. Oh, you don't got it? No, sorry. Oh, Eric? What, the video? What else can you do? <laughs> That's right. Meech loves to bring up the video. The VHS. No, no. I was going to say it always boils back down to beach. Right? Um, so if you got that uh, middle. It rhymes with Meech? Is that why you look no, at No, because it all because boils I down to Meech. It all. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, it always boils back down to beach. If you have a well, kid yeah. that's getting liberoed out and is not playing, and you know it's a problem or you it bothers you, but there's a new format for beach where you have two players in the third. They sit off, so that's the middle. Eric and the libero passes, and, Eric's, it, and then the other person sets, and then the middle comes running in, and then they hit a quick. Eric's making a joke here on the beach. Eric's making a joke. Have you guys seen that? No, Eric, uh, stop lying. The one I thought you were going to talk about the eye formation that they used, you know, where you oh, yeah. you don't where you want one player to take all the passes on the beach. Yeah. Have you seen that? Remember Karch when he was injured? It. I haven't seen it in thirty years. Yes, Karch Karai when he was injured. Remember, <laughs> Karch mm-hmm. Karai was injured, so they did eye formation because he had shoulder on, surgery. On nine by nine courts too. Yes. Anyway, we'll get off the point. But the point is, parents, if you have a kid, get them some reps passing the ball. You don't have to pay for private lessons, but you should pay maybe to get them into beach tournaments if you live in an area where there's beach tournaments yeah if not they do everything backyard serve the ball let them play sign up in recreational leagues in your area for kids i would love to play uh because yeah. they got to get the passing reps that's another reason why we started like up in up in our area uh, not that this but there's good. every area has fours right uh, our youth leagues and we did youth fours it's, we actually found it you know it's funny when we started that program we found out that europe was already doing it mm-hmm. europe was already doing it because they know this is a huge problem so you got to get into And their some, endurance goes through the roof. Endurance goes through the roof. They get they lose their uh, good on the their, joints. You know they're not so timid on the court cuz young players are yeah. often timid. Yeah, so you have to be yeah. And when there's four you have to move and you get to play all the positions. You I have you're to saying, rotate. I thought you were saying twos. No, sorry, sorry. I'm talking about uh indoor fours leagues. So oh, Europe, well, after okay, we yeah. started ours, we found out that in Europe that's what they're doing because they same thing, same thought process we had. Young players being pigeonholed not yeah. being allowed to do all these skills. And they even set, right? Everybody yeah. rotates through and they set. Three one. So it's great, right? Um, so that parents, that's something you can do is get your kids some extra reps in the backyard, get them into beach, get them into recreational leagues where there's no coach telling them they can or can't do things. Mm-hmm. And coaches, be open-minded, be flexible. I still think that there's something there, right? Eh, where the old, if the teams can come, like go old school. Mm-hmm. Well, you yeah. know, you don't have to use the libero. Yeah, that's what yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, let that player play outside. We didn't need to get into the specific technical differences of the positions, right? Like, no, I think that's a different right. show. Like, I think yeah. we should we should probably get into some of that though, where we talk about 
technique. Like we should have a hitting show. We should have yeah. a, you know retail partners, but more you guys were getting into technical blocking stuff, and we could save that for a show. I think that would be great. Yeah. Imagine if a young blocker could just turn on an episode and listen for an hour and a half of uh, idiots ramble on about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dream come true. They would be like, oh wow, imagine <laughs> <laughs> the future. Uh, this. <laughs> wants to do blocking when you can listen to it <laughs> we can make sounds like <laughs> that's me blocking that's me blocking again and just hope they never watch the episode I <laughs> this oh, is me boy. jumping <laughs> nowadays right <laughs> no this is me jumping no not yet i want to wait longer this is me jumping That's yeah, me. That's yeah, me land. That's right. me landing. Uh-huh. Actually, that's my Achilles snapping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Another good episode. And uh, play to the tall player. And uh, everybody, thanks for listening. And uh, if you made it to the end, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, we we, never, we 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 don't even make it to the end. All right, guys. See you next week. Yeah. See ya. Get you. <laughs>